3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is VEASAN's Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show with Wes Reynolds and sometimes Matt Humans. Here is Brady Cannon.
2: Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and com, the sports betting network. I am Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds. As we take you through another week of sports betting opportunities on the PGA Tour. Mr. Reynolds, I got to tell you, I almost didn't make it in today. Mm -hmm. I got offered $20 million to do this show for the (laughs) Live Golf Tour, and uh, I ended up turning it down.
4: (laughs) Not not uh, quite a few are not turning it down, by the way, Uh, 20 million. I'm I'm sure that it can be afforded, uh, by the way. But, yeah, uh, that is going to get started this week. So we'll ask our guest Jeff Feinberg a little bit about that and then we'll go over it later in the show. Just kind of a brief synopsis, because, look, I don't know what this thing is going to end up being. It's a shotgun start. 54-hole event, 48 players in the field. They also have a team aspect where I guess apparently they had a snake draft earlier today in London, so uh, uh, 12 teams of four basically here. So going to be interesting. It's certainly the topic of the golf world. Imagine that we are one week away from a major championship. And what's the topic? It's this Live Golf Tour.
2: Well, Billy Horschel picked up some millions last week on the PGA Tour. He won the Memorial at Jack's Place. Horschel shot 68 and 65 on Friday, Saturday, and then coasted home on Sunday shooting even par, having began the day with a five-shot cushion. Aaron Wise, Will Zalatorra, Soon-JM, Brendan Steele, all players that made our cards as a part of the Long Shots crew. We got close but not close enough. And, West, this was Horschel's first win on the PGA Tour in a little over a year. He won the WGC match play last season. He also won on the European Tour last September, the BMW PGA Championship in England. And with the victory at the Memorial, the Florida Gator ascends to number 11 mm-hmm. in the official world golf rankings.
4: Yeah, and you can see Sunday, it was basically between two and four strokes over Aaron Wise. He hit, Horschel hit that on Fifteen, that 53-foot eagle bomb, and got a seventh PGA Tour victory, eight worldwide now. He was, I believe, around 60, 65 to one-ish in terms of the price. And really how he did it is he led the field for scrambling, getting up and down 18 to 22 times, 55 of 72 for greens and regulation. That led the field at Muirfield Village, and then he led Strokes Gain T to green. Just really – didn't have a lot of flaws, gained pretty much everywhere, gained with the putter, gained around the green, gained Mm -hmm. off the tee, gained on approach. And when you do that, you're going to win golf tournaments. So as you said, Billy Horschel now 11 in the world. And you look at Billy Horschel's record, Brady, He is a big game hunter, but he's never been a major championship hunter. This is a guy that's won WGC events. FedEx. That wins this memorial event, FedEx Cup events, the BMW PGA, which is kind of the signature event of the DP World Tour. So this guy's won a lot of big events. And you just wonder, it's like you've seen him beat major championship quality fields. But he's never really shown up in a major. But that's the beautiful thing about golf. Some guys peak early. Some guys peak later in his career. I thought, uh, you know, we didn't have a piece of it. But it was a nice win, a nice moment to see his kids. The first time they ever saw him win, and they didn't even know he won. They're like, did Daddy win? Did Daddy (laughs) win? And he said yes. And then all of a sudden, the little kids start jumping up and down on the green. So a nice moment for Billy Horschel. And we'll see if he can keep this momentum going uh, next week at the U.S. Open.
2: Well, let's shift over to this week and we move up to the Great White North for the Canadian Open, an event we haven't seen in two years because of COVID. Rory McIlroy was your winner in 2019 at Hamilton Golf and Country Club, and this year we're at St. George's Golf and Country Club, a course we've not seen for the Canadian Open since 2010. It's a shorter course, another par 70, which we have seen quite a few of as of late. A lot of bunkers guarding the Bent Grass Poa Anna Blend Greens. How did you attack this one this week, Mr. Reynolds.
4: Yeah, uh, what you looked at here, and you're right, uh, this is the first RBC Canadian Open in three years. The last two were uh, taken out uh, due to COVID 19, but this has a long history here. This was first played in 1904, so it's got a really lengthy history, and especially on the PGA Tour. So just looking at the course here, It was a little bit tough to find corollaries because this is St. George. This is usually played at Glen Abbey, I think, 30 times in its history and really a lot in recent years. It's been in Glen Abbey. So I used a couple other smaller par 70s, Silverado uh, or Wai TPC River Highlands, uh, Innisbrook, TPC Potomac. Uh, There's a number of ways you can go with this. But it's a tree line, parklands course, uh, not very long, a little over 7,000 yards. Greens actually are very small here, 4,000 square feet, third smallest on the PGA Tour. It's also the second most bunkered course on the PGA Tour with 91, only two holes with water danger, but this is a tighter course, so won't quite be a facsimile of the U.S. Open, but I think that's what they want it to be. The rough is a mixture. It's grown out to about four inches, a little bit of bluegrass, ryegrass, and fescue combined, so last time this was played here was 2010. Carl Pedersen minus 14 at 80-1 to here at St. George's, so You know, that seems like right around in line, you know, mid-teens is probably going to win this thing. So in terms of what I looked at for characteristics, I didn't have a lot to go on with not much course history here. So I went with kind of the mainstays, strokes gained approach, off the tee, good drives gain par fours 450 to 500 yards seven of the 10 par fours here by the way measure that range and also strokes gain par three 200 to 225 three of the four par threes are over 200 yards and then uh, strokes gain par five you actually have three par fives on a par 70 here you usually only have two one on each nine but all three reachable in two so I did look at that and then looked a lot at scrambling gain because you have elevated bent grass greens that are undulating they slope you have runoff areas around many of these greens and and plus plenty of bunkers to protect the green. So scrambling, I think, is going to be very vital this week.
2: Let's move on to our member guest portion of the show. And for that, we bring in our man from north of the border. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeff Feinberg. He's a part of the golf handing, uh, golf handicapping team at BetSperts, at Odds Checker, and, of course, also with our friend Pat Mayo. You can follow him on Twitter, a great follow on Twitter, in my opinion, at gfeinberg17, that's F-I-E-N-B-E-R-G, Jeff, great to have you back on Long Shots. I believe this is season three of a run of appearances for you here at VEASAN. We greatly appreciate your continued support, my friend. You've got the PGA Tour back in Canada again, and this time around at St. George's Golf and Country Club, a course we have not seen in quite a while. Tell us about this course and what type of player you believe it will cater to this week
5: be back with you Brady great to have the Canadian open back here we've lost it for a couple years due to the pandemic and restrictions and everything else in between that we've all been through over the last couple years it's great to be back I actually heard uh, listening coming in I thought you made some great course comps uh you know to the sort of shorter courses that I think we can look at this week but it's a classic Stanley Thompson who's a famous Canadian architect design course nearly 100 uh years old tree lined a lot of blind uphill shots to greens that you you will not be able to see can play penal off the tee extensive bunkering uh protecting these greens like you mentioned i am sort of going with those guys who i believe can hit those very small greens uh so it's approach stats it's sand save stats looking at Anytime we go to a course, we don't go out regularly. It can be frustrating for us golf handicappers. We like to have a winning score. We like to have a consistent, you know, look at who won here to see the, the, the prototype player that succeeds. So it's frustrating in that respect. But going back all that way, it was approach. It was, uh, you know, bunker, uh, sand saves that really um, made up much of the leaderboard all those years when Car- Carl Peterson did bring it home.
4: Jeff, uh, what's the mood up there in the Toronto area? It seemed like they'd be excited, obviously, to have the RBC Canadian open back, but there is a little bit of a cloud, and I'll ask about this uh, later on, kind of your long-term view of this Live Golf Tour, but obviously that's the big story in the golf world this week. So uh, how are the uh, fans and the patrons up there in Canada reacting to having this event back?
5: Everybody is super excited. We're an incredibly proud sporting nation up here in canada the field uh it's quite different it's its incredibly top heavy and it's missing a middle tier but i think uh, you know us in canada we're super excited scotty scheffler's here rory's defending his title justin thomas is, 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 you know is here cam smith so so the big boys are, are more than normal that normally do come to canada have shown up it is going to be packed ticket sales everything about this event golf canada Um, They're going to put on a great tournament this week, I have no doubt. Uh, People are super excited to bring our national championship back. It is the third oldest national championship after the Open, and the U.S. Open is the Canadian Open. It has an extensive history of all-time greats winning. um, So we're very proud of this tournament, and the field makes us uh, excited.
2: Jeff, you mentioned some of those big names in this event, and they make their way to the top of the odds board. Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Rory, Cam Smith, Sam Burns, Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry. All of these guys are less than 20-1. to Did you skirt these guys this week, or in fact, land on one of the shorter-priced stars in the field?
5: Well, the week the major Brady as you know it can always be tricky and recent history is telling us to skirt these guys. I mean just this year, small sample of courts, KH Lee goes back to back with his win right before the PGA. We had JJ Swap on pop at the Valero. Last year was full of of uh you know huge tickets winning the week before the major. I recall the Garrett Higo win in this exact spot a year ago at the Palmetto. So Sometimes going to these big boys the week before a major can be tricky. I, if I did play it, I would skirt the very top, and it is those two um, Europeans in Lowry and, and Fitzpatrick, even though their numbers might feel a little short, those were the two that would potentially have my attention, but I have not bet anybody under 20-1. to 1.
4: Jeff, let's talk about the uh, local angle here. Obviously, Corey Connors, 20, 22 to one-ish, close to the top of the board. Adam Hadwin I've seen being tipped a little bit all over the place. Mackenzie Hughes in the mid-range here and plenty of Canadians in this field. Hasn't have it hasn't been a winner, I believe, since 1954 from uh, the nation of Canada to win the home open. But there's a lot of pressure, obviously, here to win your country's open. So how do you handicap the home game for the players from Canada? Are you staying away, or did you find yourself maybe gravitating toward Mr. Connors this week?
5: So I have seen a lot of people betting a lot of Canadians, and I do scratch my head. Um, about this, and I can get old takes exposed here really fast on Sunday night, and I have to acknowledge I played a bomb on Nick Taylor at 150-1. to 1. That being said, Brady, I almost liken a total say to these Canadians, it is unfair what we do to them up here for this event. Imagine trying to win the RBC with the pressure of it being the Masters. David Hearn was in the final group with Jason Day not too long ago, just a handful of years ago. You would have thought it was the Masters. Happening up here in Canada, where, as I mentioned already, we're such a proud sporting nation. Like just even getting back into the World Cup for the first time in my lifetime, we are ecstatic up here about that. We are so proud of any sporting accomplishment. It we would it would be a glorious achievement. I don't want to bet. I'm not betting Canadians, other than my Nick Taylor bomb. They're a bit of a fade for me. The irony is this course, how you've described it, how I feel it will play. Anywhere in the world, if this course was anywhere in the world, I think I might have a bet on an Adam Hadwin or a Corey Connors. I think they suit what's about to go down this week perfectly. But I don't need a bet a guy to win the RBC with pressure like he's playing the major championships. I don't, so I've pivoted off pretty much all top Canadians.
2: I think you make a great point there, Jeff. Yes, indeed. This course very much matches up like a course that would fit those guys like Connors and Hadwin. But uh, I hear you loud and clear. It just uh, And Wes pointed it out. It's been forever since we've seen a Canadian actually win this event. Any notable names? did f-
5: try to hand it to Mike Weir. Sorry to cut yes, you off. Yes, I remember <laughs> I that. I
2: remember <laughs> VJ
5: literally tried to give it to Mike Weir. They were close personal friends. VJ didn't need any money. He literally knew what it would have meant to Canada, what, what it would have meant to his friend, and Weir still couldn't do it. So, yeah, it's just a pass for me.
2: Yep, I hear you. Well, what I was asking there, you know, and you mentioned you're kind of going against the Canadians, or at least you do not want to invest in any this week other than Nick Taylor as far as a long bomb. Any notable names in the field that you're looking to go against? Maybe you feel somebody in this field, and you talked about the names uh, that are real short, the stars in the field at the top of the odds board. Maybe some of these guys are looking ahead to next week's U.S. Open, or are you not sold on somebody's current form, or you just don't think they're a good fit for this course?
5: So this one might really backfire, and I hate having to come on any sort of publication and pick on a top, top player, but I think I'm totally fading Cam Smith this week. He's been really finicky off the tee at the moment, and that's not going to work here this week. You can pay a price off the tee if you're not in the right spots. Uh, it's been raining here for a couple days. The course is lush. It's beautiful. It's not going to rain through the weekend, but, but the rough is going to be thick, and I just don't trust... Despite his, like, Jordan Spieth wizardry around the green, Cam Smith would be the guy near the top I'm fading. I'd look to play him plus money taken back with Fitz or or with Lowry even in some matchups this week.
4: Jeff, before we get you on your on record for what you've got on your card for the RBC Canadian Open, I do have to ask, Live Golf Tour making its debut on Friday, and uh, just a, a couple questions here. A, are you going to be betting it, or how much are you going to be handicapping this going forward? And B, what do you think the long-term prognosis is? They did get a couple big names here for 48 players at this field over at Centurion, but... Month away, they're going to be at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland. So do you think that there are guys on the tour kind of waiting to see how this first event goes and then say, well, I want to be a part of this, and I want some of this obvious cash grab that these players are making here?
5: Yeah, Wes, what a crazy dynamic it has been. And I think the interest of it, for at least me and many people, there is a betting element to it. But we are so fundamentally attached to the PGA Tour. It's been Mm -hmm. such a large part of – you know, be it sports gambling or just sports fandoms our whole life, we're just so hyper-curious how it affects the future of it, from the majors to the top young college kids to you know, the older tier that we love and want to see them, or just, you know, just like how we see them transition to Champions Tour. So there are so many questions. I personally am more interested in the conversation around its existence than per se watching it. That being said, I have made a, a bet. I bet Kevin Nah uh sixteen to one to win this thing. Taking like hyper motivation aside, he didn't get like the ultimate bag like a DJ or a, a Phil in this sort of endeavor. Yes, he's made thirty nine million in his career, but he's just been I bet him in his last start on the pga like i think his game is in a good place right now uh so kevin not uh, 18 to one is a bet i've made i will say at the moment i'm betting this thing like i would a thursday night football game trying to pick first touchdown like that is sort of where my <laughs> betting mindset is a lot of it, tight it, ends it, it, it in it the middle fighting. of the market <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i love betting the tight ends who play the red zone snaps who the quarterback's got the exactly you're reading my mind perfectly with, with that one so that's sort of where my exposure very very light exposure but there's a board of golf odds and i love to look and bet it so i've made a play on kevin
4: jeff uh back to uh north of the board of the rbc canadian open if we give you a foursome where you're limited to four guys who are your top four this week at st george's
5: so I have bet Tony Finau, 30-1. to 1. He led the field in approach in Mexico. He was second at the Schwab a few weeks ago, top 30 at the PGA. I'm hoping the summer gets going. I've got money on Hatton at 35-1. to 1. The approach outside the Augusta, he's gained strokes in approach in every event this year. Um... I lost a Patrick Reed bet, so he withdrew a couple hours ago. uh, So I I got a refill to make there, and I'm currently staring at Chris Kirk. So that's sort of where my mind is at the moment. I am a sucker FOMO for Harold Varner. I don't feel great about it, though, this week, although it's a shot maker's course, and I think he really can uh, bounce back from what happened at the end of the Charles Schwab for his last hour and a half.
2: All right, my friend, before we let you go, we mentioned some players maybe looking ahead to next week's major championship. Let's all do that here for a minute. Do you have anybody in pocket for the U.S. Open? We're now just nine days away, or maybe anybody that you're seriously considering to get it done at the country club next week?
5: Yeah, so I have made a move in pocket, and I made it yesterday, friends. I bet on Sung J M sixty-six to one If it's just going to pu- like We know it's the U.S. Open. It's with the big boys. It's both long and straight, and it's a short list who can probably win this thing. But if it plays tough, if the teeth come out, Sung I think, is a nice fit. He had to miss the PGA. He didn't have COVID, but it was COVID restrictions. I think if you look at how he played in his stats from the first two events out of, um, out of missing the PGA, he's actually in a really nice place. So Sung Jay in 66-1 to 1 is the bet that I currently have in pocket for next week at Brookline.
2: All right, that is Jeff Feinberg. Follow him on Twitter at gfeinberg17. Great to have you back on Long Shots, Jeff. And uh, sounds like you've got a heck of a party this week for the Canadian Open. Enjoy it, my friend.
5: Thanks so much, and you got to bring me back next year because it's at my actual home course. Wow! So I can I cannot wait. Yeah, there's a great sense of pride there. Just yeah. Um, so my actual home course has won the rights to the 2023 and 2026. Canadian Open right here in Toronto so yeah that one I'll have the full
2: kit and caboodle on for you Brady well we're marking you down for 2023 and of course 2026 as well and probably all (laughs) Canadian Opens in between Jeff have a good one my friend thanks again
5: all the best thanks so much Brady West have a great one you bet Jeff
4: thank you man appreciate it
2: All right. That is Jeff Feinberg. Great stuff. And uh, he he is really good on Twitter. He does a great job with our friend Pat Mayo, who usually comes on during the spring, does one of the Florida swing events for us. But uh, those guys are, I think, both of those guys, Jeff and Pat, certainly at the top of their game when it comes to handicapping golf. No,
4: I'm a regular consumer of their content on a weekly basis. By the way, that country club being Oakdale Country Club next year in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Jeff Feinberg's home course. So looking forward to that, looking forward to this week. But yeah, Pat and Jeff, they do a great job. And then Jeff works with our our guy Rick Gaiman over at Odds Checker. So uh, you find Jeff Feinberg all over the place. And uh, if you're listening to him and following his advice, you're doing very well for yourself.
2: And you can find all of those guys as guests right here on Long Shots. When we come back, we will go across the pond for a look at the DP World Tour and also the Live Golf event this week in London, England. Keep it here with us at Long Shots on VSYN, the sports betting network.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work.
2: Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. And an interesting week across the pond, to say the least. Uh, First of all, Wes, I have almost never bet the european tour and i don't plan on betting the live golf event now our colleague matt humans he did make a play on sam horsefield to win the live event horsefield is from england quite a few quirks in the formats as well for both the volvo in sweden and the live uh the live event in london this week
4: yeah the live event that is the first event of eight that are scheduled this is at the centurion club just outside of london uh uh basically kind of a lynxian type of course i think at the tips it plays par 72 about 7100 yards uh and look at uh there is, for each event, or over an eight-event schedule, I believe there's a total of $255 million in prize money. That obviously does not include the personal money that are being given some of these players. We heard that Dustin Johnson got as much as $150 million, and maybe Phil Mickelson waited for his asking price to go up. Phil, of course, committed yesterday to this event, and he is in the field this week. So every event is going to have $20 million in individual prize money, $5 million in team prize money. Basically, there are 48 players in this field. I've gone on record to kind of say how I feel about this tour, but it is here, and we're going to talk about it in case people want to bet it. Dustin Johnson's the favorite, 9-2. to two. Taylor Gooch, 9-1, to one, was kind of a surprising addition, I think, to this field. No surprise that Louis stays and Sergio Garcia were in this field. They're anywhere from 12-1. to one. Jeff Feinberg mentioned earlier, he liked Kevin Ott, 16-1. He actually became the first member of the PGA Tour on Saturday to actually resign his membership because... There are rumors, but nothing that's been officially done by the PGA tour of saying, Hey, you know, cause they didn't really grant them releases to go ahead and play this opposite tour. So, you know, there hasn't been anything done, but apparently guys felt that they were threatened or whatever with suspension. So we've seen some people, I think Kevin, and I read that Dustin Johnson had resigned a few others. Uh, Phil Mickelson, I mentioned in this field, he is 30 to one. So 16 of the top 100 players are in this field uh, the only player it's actually won here in 2022 is hudson swafford who won at the american express back in january he is 50 to 1 you have a lot of european a lot of south african players lee westwood ian poulter Graham mcdowell martin keimer uh, reigning amateur U- uh, u.s amateur champion james Piot at 250 to 1 just turned professional last month so uh, with Live, this is going to be a 54-hole event, and I think all of these events are going to be the same format. 48 players drafted in a 12-4-man team. Shotgun starts. That means you start on every hole. Very odd. Yeah.
2: yeah. And this I is... don't know if we've ever had a yeah, shotgun. I mean, what... that's usually reserved for the uh, corporate events I put on out here in Las right,
4: Vegas. Right, exactly. So, uh, uh, you know, mentioned about about the prize money, and this is going to be a 54-hole event, so it is going to be a Friday through Sunday Event first place actually in every one of these eight events that are planned get four million dollars. If you finish dead last, forty eighth, you're guaranteed one hundred twenty thousand dollars. They had the snake draft earlier today, so you could find on social media the various teams, the various four man teams here. And uh, I ended up playing a couple. And look, I- I've gone on record. I don't like this tour. I don't like the people that fund this tour. I wish it didn't exist. I don't like the fact. And Jeff Feinberg, I think, said it very well the PGA tour has been like part of our lives, not mm-hmm. just as betters, but as fans. And it does feel like it's a little bit under attack here. It's one thing for competition, but if the competition was maybe funded by a different group of characters than this, it might be a different thing, but
2: yeah, no, I I'm with you. And I, I think a lot of us are kind of against to the source uh, of where this comes from and the money behind this thing. That that's really the part that puts a bad taste in my mouth, but on the other hand, if you can remove that, it, it, certainly it's a big topic of conversation, and it is kind of cool to see some big names playing in another event. The alternate format is interesting. I mean, it, it certainly makes for a lot of buzz and and intrigue, mm-hmm. but again, it's the background of the thing that that right. is disturbing. But, you know, if we can try and remove that, and we'll see where it goes. You know, I, yeah, I like you I said mean- earlier, I, I think a lot of guys maybe just kind of waiting in a holding pattern seeing where this is going to go and mm-hmm. and if it becomes attractive to him down the road mm-hmm. but it will be interesting i am and jeff said it to our guest earlier just from having a bet on it watching whatever that part is of interest, and, and we'll just see where it goes it from It is going to
4: be tough to find though. You're going to have to watch on their website or on YouTube because they do not have a television deal. And Look, I don't uh, know if they'll this get is, one. This is not going to be on Golf Channel because Golf Channel, of course, has a relationship with the PGA Tour and also the DP World Tour. So And there's the PGA a con-
2: Tour has relationships with CBS. With every and, network, know, yes. So, yeah, y- yes. Y- y- you don't know if they're ever going to make a major network. So,
4: the three that I looked at here, uh, Bern Wiesberger, 20-1. to one. He's made seven straight cuts on both the PGA and the DP World Tour One last year in Denmark and of kind of the shorter guys look I didn't want to go with DJ and I'm not going to go with Taylor Gooch at less than 10 to 1 in any event because this is a guy that's just got one event on the PGA Tour that he won which was last November at the RSM so Baron Wiesberger 20 to 1 Charles Schwartz 030 to what he's got two top 10s at his last four starts Byron Nelson he was eighth tenth at the Masters this might be a guy asides the obvious money that you're being paid to uh, play this thing, whatever you think of that decision, he might use this tour to kind of reinvigorate his career that he, where he has not won since 2016, but has shown a little bit of life and maybe – this could turn his career around. Same with kind of with Brandon Grace, even though he's got a victory in each of the last two calendar years would not surprise me to see it get him get a win, at least in one of these events. Uh, it's a linksy type course. I mentioned Grace has always been pretty solid on links golf. He won sure the has. links for sure. years ago. And I saw him at 40 to one. And I thought that was kind of a big price. This is a very weird market though, here with the live golf, because obviously Dustin Johnson is the highest ranked player in the field at 13th in the world, but he Keep in mind, Dustin Johnson has not won in about a, a year and a half. So, like, when he first said that he was going to be on this tour, and he initially said he was committed to the PGA Tour, but we know money talks and you can fill in the rest. But this is a guy that I'm wondering, you know, some people are asking are his best days behind him, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know. because I he hope has a- not,
2: because I, you know, we've seen it a couple times in his career. One time – when Zach Johnson won the Open Championship at St. Andrews, uh, and it was earlier that year or or later in the following year or whatever that Dustin Johnson fell down the stairs at Augusta. That was one period of his career where he was red hot, Mm -hmm. and we also saw it again a couple years ago when he ended up winning the Masters in November. That was another span of his career where he was absolutely the best player in the world, and that particular DJ, that that version of Dustin Johnson, Mm -hmm. I really enjoy watching. He's a monster when he gets on a run like that.
4: And look, we're going to see what is going to happen here by the way the usga as we uh, tape this on tuesday did come out this morning and say look this is the most democratic open in the world in terms of a tournament the qualifying criteria is set they're not gonna not let these guys that went to play this tour be out And, and i actually even though i'm not exactly pro live golf tour I think that was the right decision by yeah. the USGA. You, what,
2: what can you do at this you, point? You can't maybe change next it midstream. Year, now, now,
4: yeah. now, and I read into that statement, too, this morning from the USGA. They can reserve the right to make an adjustment to their criteria, but as long as people know ahead of time, like you can't change it the week before a tournament because guys that are qualified are fairly qualified for this event. And
2: maybe that's another part of the handicap this week. Is Dustin Johnson more looking forward to mm-hmm. next week? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, And some of these guys... Uh, that will be in the U.S. Open. Phil Mickelson, obviously, the only major championship that uh, is not on his resume as far as the career Grand Slam. Is he more looking forward to the, U- or to the U.S. Open next week? So, th- you know, we talked about that with the Canadian Open as well. Could apply here as well in London.
4: Yeah, abso- absolutely. So uh be interesting to see, you know, how this kind of uh, falls out. It's certainly a major topic of discussion, whether you're for or against it, and it's going to continue to be, I think, over the incoming weeks.
2: All right, real quickly, I believe you have maybe a player or two on the Volvo Sweden event as well. This is kind of a, another yeah. interesting event where you've got both uh, male and female golfers in the field.
4: Yes, yeah, Scandinavian mixed event. It is in Sweden, and uh, seventy-eight male players, seventy-eight female players. It's a DP World Tour and a Ladies European Tour event. It is hosted by uh, Henrik and Annika, Henrik Stenson and Annika Sorenstam, and both by the way, are playing uh, in this event. The favorite is Alex Noren, 10 to one, uh, coming from stateside to go ahead and be favorite in his home event. Uh, Another Swede, Alexander Bjork is twenty-two to one. Eduardo Morinari also twenty-two to one. Winner of this event, it was actually at a different course. Was Jonathan Caldwell at one hundred and fifty to one. He's two hundred to one this year. So I did make a few, and I agreed with Jeff Feinberg in terms of not loading up on Canadians for the Canadian Open. So what do I do for this event? I think half my card are Swedes <laughs> this week, and and I did play actually play Henrik Stenson at thirty to one. He's been back at home in Europe the last few weeks. He is the twenty twenty three. European. European Ryder Cup captain. So you're seeing him, I think, be a little bit more prevalent on the European tour. That's a reason why he didn't commit, I think, to this live golf event, because obviously he is the Ryder Cup captain. And going against the DP World Tour, which sanctions that European Ryder Cup team would not be a good idea. You know, still hits fairway, still hits solid approaches. And obviously he is not what he was five years ago when he was top five, top ten in the world. And he's probably never gonna reach that. But I think in a weaker field like this, you know, he'll want to go well. Another Swede, Sebastian Soderbergh, 35 to 1, should have won a few weeks ago. Remember, he got his heart ripped out at the British Masters when Chiorborn Olsen made that 30 foot eagle and then on 18 makes a 36 foot birdie. Soderbergh was the low man in the clubhouse, missed the cut the next week in Belgium, but then top five at the Dutch Open two weeks ago. So removing uh, the hurt of losing that, Sebastian Soderbergh, 35 to 1, Jason Scribner, 35 to 1, was actually the 54 hole cold leader of this event last year had the outright lead on Sunday Poured back nine, ended up finishing T6. But plays well in this part of the world. He was T3 in Denmark last year, so I think he could go on. Thurston Lawrence from South Africa, 41-1. to Opened with 78 last week at the Porsche European Open. And then you look at his 54-hole total. Only the eventual winner, Kali Samuja from Finland, who actually shot eight under. He was two over on Sunday, going into Sunday, and shot eight under to go ahead and win that event. But Lawrence battled back uh, near cut. And ended up finishing top 20. Guy that got his card at the Joburg Open last year. Three top 10s, six top 20s for 2022. And then one more Swede for good measure. Marcus Kinholt, 50-1. to uh, Has not won on the DP World Tour since the 2019 British Masters. Does have a victory, though, in 2022 in the Nordic Golf League, which is kind of like a a third-tier tour, basically, under the Challenge Tour. And then you get to the DP World Tour. But he does have a victory. Third in Qatar this year. Eighth in Kenya. So, Marcus Kinholt. 50 to one. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Cause by the way, the market, the male and the female markets are priced in the same market. Some books might offer just the male market and some might offer just a female market. But I think, I think it was like two of the top 17 were female players, but a female player can win this event. They play from different tees, but they play from the same prize money And look, if you have the lowest score, it doesn't matter. You're going to be the winner of the Scandinavian Mixed.
2: All right, very good. Major implications next up here on Long Shots. We're just nine days away from the season's third major championship. Of course, it'll be the U.S. Open taking place at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. The last major event we saw here was the 1999 Ryder Cup. Prior to that, it was the 1988 U.S. Open won by Curtis Strange. Roughly a week away, Wes, have you added anything to your U.S. Open portfolio?
4: I have not, but I know our partner Matt Humans has, and I like the guy he added because I've strongly been considering him, too, as Max Homa. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, I'm not going to have probably a lot. I may add one or two over the week or the weekend here, but most of my card will probably be bet on Sunday or Monday morning. Of course, I have the Cameron Smith ticket, but... You know, Max Homa is a guy I, – I liked what I saw last week at the Memorial. Kind of ran out of holes. You knew he was a little bit too far sure back. Sure had the but putter going yeah, hot. no, he did. And, and you know, maybe Max Homa is kind of getting to that spot because you get these guys and, – and maybe Sam Burns is another one, and I'm not saying I'm adding him. But these guys that win events and they start to win more frequently, but then it takes them a little bit of time to show in majors – well, I think Max Homa may have had that time. So uh, actually, that was a very good ad by Matt at eighty to one.
2: Well, he made my card this past week as well, and I was happy to see that my colleague Matt Humans is thinking along the same lines as I am. I took Max Homa at eighty to one as well. I mentioned on the show last week that I added Tony Finau at fifty-five to one. He matches up real well, uh, not only at former U.S. Open sites, but also for Gill Hans remodels, and that's what we'll have here at the uh, Country club in Brookline I also added Daniel Berger at 75 to 1 I thought that number was pretty high and I have seen it cut since but Berger showed me last week at the memorial that maybe the health issues are a thing of the past Mm -hmm. he played really well in Dublin Ohio last week and we know if this guy's healthy his game's as good as anybody in the world so uh, that showed me some signs that maybe the nagging injuries are behind him so Finau at 55 Berger at 75 Homa at 80 And then on Friday night, prior to the weekend, I took a stab with Billy Horschel at 150-1. to one. Now, I don't know if Billy Horschel is going to win the thing, but I do have a very good number. Great yeah, numbers no. don't win you the event, well, but uh, you know, obviously he's in pretty good well, form Well, when right you now.
4: beat, a, I think, a major championship caliber yeah, field, sure. which last week was at the Memorial, seven in the top 10, I think 13 at the top 18, <laughs> including Billy Horschel, who's now 11 in the world, as we mentioned earlier. So, you know, it's one of those things, like you remember Gary Woodland a couple of years ago hadn't really contended in a lot of majors mm-hmm. until he won one at Pebble Beach, uh, held off Brooklyn. Kepka in that U.S. Open. So Billy Horschel is a really good player, and I think he's been a consistent player for a long time. Just kind of needs that breakthrough.
2: Well, you mentioned it at the top of the show that he has some wins and some very big events. The Memorial's as big as anything. The FedEx Cup champion, obviously, winning at Eastlake. Uh, the BMW PGA over in Europe. So oh, the, the World Golf Championship match play. Right. I mean, that's a very big right. event. So maybe he is knocking on the door. And then Max Homa as well. He's won not only the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow, but just won the Wells Fargo at TPC Potomac, which mm-hmm. I is I do think is a course that correlates to the country. No, club.
4: there's a lot of guys that played well that week that I'm really going to like. I'll mention one uh, a little bit later uh, who played very well a couple weeks ago, almost chased down Max Homa, but not quite.
2: And then, of course, Homa just finished sixth at uh, the Memorial. So, yeah, I, I and, and won at Riviera, another absolutely mm-hmm. big boy golf course. So I, I do think Homa and Horschel and, and maybe Fina, too. I know he hasn't won a whole lot, but I, I like all four of my guys, and they kind of seem like U.S. Open players too, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, it's not always the big bombers that win U.S. Opens. It's more of more that steady plotter, it, it just, at least traditionally. That's who we see win the U.S. Open championship. So, Finau, Berger, Homa, and Billy Horschel for me so far. Max Homa so far for Matt Humans and Cameron Smith so far for you. When we come back, we will get to all of our plays for this week. It's the Match Play segment coming up next on Long Show.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God,
7: no, 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 You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work.
2: Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds here with you. It's time for our match play segment where we go over all the plays for this week's event. Of course, it is the RBC Canadian Open at St. George's Golf Course and Country Club. And our colleague Matt Humans has four outright plays this week. He's also got a play on the Live Golf event in London. He took Sam Horsfield for that event at 20-1, to one. makes a little sense there with Horsfield being from England. And, you know, West. that would be two straight Florida Gators if Horsfield gets the win. Billy I mean, Horschel and, and Sam Horsfield both went to University of Florida.
4: Horsfield, by the way, is an interesting kind of study here to be in this live field because Sam Horsfield is not a member of the PGA Tour. Right. You think that – we would think that his future is on the PGA Tour. He's Look, a good he, player. He, Very no, good. he's an excellent player, and I think – you know, gets a little bit more seasoning, more experience that he can actually win on the PGA tour. He's won a few times already on the DP world tour, but it's an interesting case because he is not a member of that tour. So if the PGA tour goes through, and I don't know, I mean, this is all speculation and hearsay at this standpoint, if they go through with, you know, punishing or some kind of penalty for, you know, breaking the breach as part of being the PGA tour, does Sam Horsfield get any repercussions from that? Because he could go and qualify and go play in the Corn Ferry Tour Finals and earn his PGA Tour card.
2: Absolutely correct, I imagine. Let's look at the rest of the outrights for Matt Eumanns uh, in the Great White North for the Canadian Open. He is on Shane Lowry. That's his choice for one of the shorter shots this week, along with a local product, Corey Connors, at 20 to 1. And then a couple of longer bombs for Matt. He's on Cameron Champ. He can't quit Cameron Champ on Cameron Champ at 105 to 1. And then the Englishman, Matt Wallace, at 125 to 1.
4: Wallace has been playing a little bit better golf lately. So, uh, you know, I think went back to Europe. Maybe this is a good time to buy on Matt Wallace because he went back to Europe, made a couple of cuts for sure. Because remember, he had missed, I think, what, like nine of ten cuts or something on the PGA Tour. So coming back to the tour this week, uh, we'll see if Matt Wallace can get it going.
2: All right, let's take a look at yours, my friend. What did you do this week on the PGA Tour?
4: Okay, yeah. And I skirted uh, most of the really short guys. I mean, you can obviously make a case for Scheffler. Smith or McElroy or Thomas you can make a case for them every week but I did go with one guy who I think is going to be liked very much next week considering he won the U.S. amateur at Brookline back in 2013 Matt Fitzpatrick it's a bad number at 18 to 1 he was really good to the green he actually would have been second in the field behind Billy Horschel to green unfortunately he only played two rounds instead of four rounds because he missed the cut he was awful with the putter last week he lost more than and he's seven usually strokes one of the
2: best putters in the world yeah
4: he lost seven strokes so i'm willing to say okay that was an aberration and not necessarily a trend or a pattern here six top tens this year runner up at the wells fargo last month matt fitzpatrick 18 to 1 uh Uh, Jeff Feinberg and I did actually match up on a couple. And the first one we matched up is Tony Finau at thirty to one. Second in Mexico, fourth in Colonial, in two of his last four starts, he was first tee to green actually in Mexico. Second off the tee at TPC Potomac. Also played pretty solid there and tenth tee to green at Colonial in that fourth place finish. So it does kind of feel like Tony's game is coming together at the right time. Now, he's usually not a guy that wins on a lot of those tighter tree line courses, so I wonder if this is going to take his advantage off the tee out of play. But nevertheless, I I just like the form. I think he's kind of peaking at the right time. Uh, Terrell Hatton, 30-1, to also matched up with Jeff on that. Hadn't missed a cut this year, 11-for-11. Hasn't really contended, though, since March at Bay Hill. However, he's not that far removed from good form. I mentioned how important, especially scrambling around the greens, putting has a lot of variance and it's important every week, but it's awfully hard to handicap. However, you look at Terrell Hatton, strokes gain short game combines putting and around the green. He is first over the last 24 and 36 rounds. He's also first over the last 24 and 36 rounds in this field for strokes gain putting Uh, Terrell Hatton 30 to one. Killa Keith Mitchell, 50 to 1, does most of his damage off the tee, and he's one of the longer and better drivers on the PGA Tour. So, look, his advantage could be mitigated. This is only about a 7,000 yard course and change here at St. George's, but he's shown he can go well on shorter par 70s. Uh, T7 earlier this year at YLI for the Sony Open, especially good on the par fives, and there are three par fives on this par 70 instead of the usual two that you would find on par 70. Third and par five scoring over the last 36 rounds, only behind Cam Smith and Rory McIlroy. That's pretty good company, two of the favorites in this field. Chris Kirk, 50-1, to consistent this season thus far in 2022. Three top sevens at the Honda, at the Arnold Palmer. He was fifth at the PGA three weeks ago. Fourteenth on tour this season overall, tee to green. But he's also been the best, I think, around the green. Fifth on tour this season, off the tee, I think 28th, top 30 on tour, and this is overall not necessarily in the field this week, where his rankings are much better. So Chris Kirk fifty to one, Justin Rose eighty to one. Uh, choppy form a little bit lately, but he's shown signs signs of late. I think T thirteen at the PGA, top ten in the field in approach and in greens and regulation. A lot of his Ryder Cup co- team contemporaries, the older European guard on those Ryder Cup teams, are now part of that Live Golf Tour, uh, and Justin Rose. Still grinding it out, trying to find something here. I think of some of those guys that have some of those older European players like your Westwoods and maybe your Graham McDowell's. They may have given up on, you know, making another Ryder Cup team, but Justin Rose certainly hasn't. And guess who the captain is of that Ryder Cup team? That would be his Lake Nona best friend, Henrik Stenson. So he doesn't want to rely on the, the friendship, I think. You know, Shane Lowry was kind of in this situation last time out because him and Patty Harrington are obviously very close, but he wanted to play well and earn the spot, and he certainly did. I think Rose wants to do that. Good spot for him to show positive momentum in the game. And then uh, – my dart here at 130-1 to one was Aaron Rye. Mm-hmm. Not a very big I hitter. I at him. Yeah, not a very big hitter off the tee. I don't think it's going to hurt him here on a course at just a little over 7,000 yards and change. Led the field, actually, at Memorial last week for strokes, gain, putting. I think he was... Uh, you know, top 30, I forget the exact finish, but led the field in putting, six in driving accuracy. Accuracy is going to ma- matter a little bit more here, in my opinion, because these are very narrow fairways. There's a lot of undulation, some uneven lies here. So this course will be a nice test for these players.
2: All right, and what I have this week, I actually match up on a few of them with you. I am also on Matthew Fitzpatrick. You said 18 was a bad number. Mine's worse. I got plus 1650. Um, but this guy's had success on shorter courses, Harbor Town, Pebble Beach, Colonial, uh 11th in the field for scrambling, 18th on the long par 4s, you mentioned it, 450 to 500 yards. Matt Fitzpatrick, very good. Also number 1 in the field in good drives gained so took a shot with matthew fitzpatrick as far as the uh, shorter price guys and uh, reinforced there by jeff feinberg's opinion too he said uh, probably if he went with any of the shorter price guys it would be either shane lowry or fitzpatrick so like that vote of confidence there harold varner uh, jeff talked about mm-hmm. landing on on him as well and, and i did i got him at 34 to 1 i think he's recovered from his meltdown at colonial and You know, Colonial is a course that makes sense as far as a comp here. And you remember, he was leading that tournament with seven holes left to play. So I'm relying on what he did 65 holes prior eighth in the field on approach seventh on the long par threes uh three out of the four are better than 200 yards also ninth in good drives gained i'm also on chris kirk with you maybe the fourth time is a charm (laughs) i'm going back to we've both
4: been backing him a lot this year.
2: well and he's played very well it's not like i have egregiously missed with chris kirk he he's had you know what was he fifth at the pga 15th the next week at colonial so i'm going to try him again and little bit of a weaker field, again, like Jeff Feinberg talked about, very top-heavy. There's some big star power at the top, uh, but after that, it thins out quite a bit, and maybe this will be a week that Chris Kirk can emerge. Uh, he's also played tremendous at the shorter courses, Colonial, Sea Island, YLA, number one in the field for putting inside of 10 feet and when you get that poana bent grass blend that is a statistic i really like to use Uh, it's been very helpful at tpc river highlands and also at riviera both courses that have that bent grass poana blend I'm on uh, Justin Rose with you. I got a a lesser number there. I got 70 to 1, but I kind of just had a gut feeling about Rosie that he'll do well. He's won at Colonial before. He's had three top tens at the Wyndham. I thought Sedgefield was another corollary course. He's had three top tens at the Valspar. Again, these shorter courses where you have to work it into small greens, fairways that dogleg in both directions. And he just had a top 15 at the PGA Championship, also 12th in the field on the long par fours. CT Pan at 88 to 1, third at the Colonial in 2019, second at the Wyndham in 2018. He won at Harbortown three seasons ago, 10th in the field on approach, third on the lengthy par fours, 12th in good drives gained, and then two long bombs for me. Doug Gim at 125 to 1. He's really excellent, T to green. He's a very good ball striker, and he plays really well at some of these types of courses. We've seen him do really well at TPC Sawgrass. He's played well at the Wyndham, at Pebble Beach. And then at 140-1, to Mark Hubbard, great ball striker, 11th in the field on approach, 9th in scrambling, 6th in putting from inside of 10 feet, and number one on the par 4s of 450 or 500 yards.
4: At Homeless Hubs on Twitter, a great Twitter handle. And by the way, He'll have a nice big home if he wins uh, his first BGA <laughs> Tour event here at the RBC Canadian Open.
2: This will be my first time ever betting on him. He's often very a popular, uh, a very popular play uh, from a lot of the wise guys out there because he always presents some value for as good a ball striker he is. He just can't find his way into the winner's circle. We'll mm-hmm. see if he can North of the border this week. As far as the head to head matchups, I went against one of your guys. I took Harold Varner at plus 110 over turrell Hatton, and then I took Doug Gim at minus 120 over John huh
4: Yeah, my two matchups, uh, which have actually been doing better for me the last few weeks, finally grinded and got above that Mendoza line here. But uh Shane Lowry minus 120 over Sam Burns. Lowry was mm-hmm. someone I almost considered playing here, and I could certainly see him go well. He's been in very good form. Uh, Martin Laird, minus 115 over the South African Dean Burmester. Burmester is an absolute bomber off the tee, but this is kind of a course that seems to fit Martin Laird's game a little bit more. Ball striker, you know, kind of a slappy hitter off the tee, but keeps it in the fairway. And then Ryan Armour, minus 130 over Harry Higgs, my third
2: matchup. Yeah, I looked hard at that matchup, Ryan Armour over Harry Higgs, but eventually past and just went with the two next week it is major championship week to preview the u.s open we'll have john hasselbauer pga tout on twitter he will join us along with nick bogdanovich of circus sports check it all out at vcin.com podcast folks you know these players are going to hit some long shots this week hopefully we do too